Welcome to the Mom Village Podcast. We are three multicultural moms sharing our journey through motherhood with the Christ Center Foundation. For information and resources, visit us at our church's website at gofamilychurch.org. Or you can also email us at themomvillage at gofamilychurch.org. And please go over and follow us on Instagram at themomvillagefc. We're glad that you're here and welcome to our village. Hello, Village, and welcome. We have a great episode. This is part two, and let me introduce myself. I'm Jis Marie Ramos, and I'm with my ladies, like always, Kristen Scroggins. Hi, ladies. And Kira Kelly. <laughs> Good morning, Mom Village. Oh, we're so excited to have an amazing friend back, but I'll let Kira tell us what is the topic again, and who do we have with us? Well, moms and dads, I always like to include the dads. If you have not had the opportunity to listen to part one of this series, just stop right now and go back and you have to listen to part one. There's so much just you want to know this family that we're talking with today. We have with us Jeannie Peoples, who is special to not only the women at this table, but she is just like a this wonderful woman. Like, I just want to go sit at her house. I know she has pumpkin spice something at her house right now. I know you do. That's one of the, the things I remember about you, like your just your love of pumpkins and all things fall. I just want to curl up at her house right now. But if you have not had an opportunity, please go back and listen to part one of this podcast series. And the title is Welcome to Hall. Holland, mothering a special needs child. And Jeannie has been so gracious to share with her, share with us her journey and her family's journey with her sweet girl, Dana. So please just take this time to listen up and Jeannie, tell us a little bit more. Yeah. All right. You want me to tell more about my family? Or? Yeah. Sure. If you could just give us like a, a small recap for those who yeah, may yeah. not have an opportunity so to So I'm Jeannie. I'm married to my sweet husband of almost 29 years, James. And we have two beautiful daughters, Emily, who is 25, and Miss Dana, who we've been sharing mostly about, our special needs daughter, who is 21. And we live in where I was born, Jacksonville, Florida. I hadn't lived here for 30 years until about a year and a half ago. And through ministry, God has led us back here, right close to my family. And so this is where we are now. And my husband serves with the North American Mission Board. He is overseeing all the new church plants, which is really exciting in the state of Florida. So we are just happy to be here and happy to be with you today. So Jeannie, you share in part one, a lot of information when you found out about Dana, you know, and about your village and how your family and everyone around you, you know, surround you guys and a lot of information that I know can help parents going through the same you know, journey you have gone through. But how about the big one that is happening right now, not only just to the world, not only to parents with special needs child, but to the world, which is COVID, you know, and we as parents, we have felt that COVID in us in terms of like, you know, activities and things that we do on daily basis with our kids. But I wonder how has COVID, you know, this crazy pandemic affected Dana and your family? Because I'm pretty sure there's a lot of new things you can share with us that us as parents don't realize that parents with special needs, you know, it's been 
more critical for you guys. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, like you said, Jesus Marie, COVID has affected all of us for sure. It has affected all of our families and our family dynamic and kind of how we operate life on a daily basis. But for our family, it has affected Dana a little bit differently than the rest of us. You know, initially, when the quarantine and all began, you know, and to go anywhere, masks were mandatory. Well, let me tell you, that little lady is not going to wear masks. <laughs> we have tried. And, you know, she doesn't know what it is. She doesn't understand. She, in fact, looks at me like a total alien when I have to wear one and tries to pull it off of me. She's like, where is my mom? But she wouldn't wear a mask, period. So because of that, we felt uncomfortable taking her just about anywhere. And because she wouldn't wear one, even in a school where they, you know, have special needs classes, they were still required to wear masks. So yeah. she couldn't go back to school. So yeah. here in the state of Florida, I don't really know how it is everywhere else, but children with disabilities or special needs like Dana, they are eligible to be in school until the day they turn 22. So they go to regular school in a special, you know, setting until they're 22 years old. Yeah. So when school shut down last spring, Dana's time in school ended very abruptly. She had just turned 20. So it ended abruptly and we didn't know this at the time, but it ended permanently. So she lost her last two years of school, mm. which meant a lot of immediate changes for us as a family that we're really honestly still trying to figure out. She's been home with me full time since then. And while we thought, you know, you always think you have more time to do certain things. And not that this hasn't been on our radar, but we thought that we had more time to still work on what kind of what post-school life would look like for her. So we were thrown into a bit of a tailspin and we're still trying to kind of figure that out, find something for her a couple of days a week that's safe and that would be good for her and beneficial for her. So another thing that is big amongst special needs families dealing with this COVID pandemic is that a lot of our kiddos have compromised immune systems. So pandemic, you know, while the rest of us, you know, may have been a little bit concerned, obviously, about being exposed and so forth. A lot of their immune systems, it would have a whole different set of, you know, ramifications if they were to contract COVID from the fact of, you know, just how their body might deal with it to being hospitalized, you know, alone, which obviously there were some exceptions made for certain people that had those special needs. But so, you know, it did definitely change everything. Dana's like a toddler in the sense of touching everything, putting things in her mouth, putting her hands in her mouth. So the last year and a half, we have kept her home for the majority of the time. So yeah, it's been tough. I have probably spent more money on gas and put more miles on my car in a five mile radius than I did when we lived out here. <laughs> it has included many car rides. She likes to ride in the car just to keep all of our sanity because yeah, it, it has thrown us into a lockdown with her that has extended far beyond what the rest of us have experienced. So it seems to me they have d developed a lot of new dynamics that you guys have to apply yeah. and learning a new way to, you know, not to say entertain, but kind of like educate her in a way that you guys weren't expecting it. And that's something that we don't know, you know, parents then to have a child with disability. And then I just find it amazing because sometimes we complain for the little things, you know, about, oh, my toddler doesn't want to wear a mask or anything, but you don't realize again, you know, how we share in part one, the perspective of there's other parents with bigger things, you know, they're yep. trying to deal with it in a, in a bigger, you know, spectrum than, you know, just regular things, probably her going out and doing like a physical activity or whatever that is taken away from her. So it's part of like, kind of like her freedom. Yes, absolutely. And she is bored. I mean, like it's, it is a challenge to 
find enough things at home that she's actually interested in besides laying and listening to Barney on her phone, um, <laughs> on her little old phone of ours. But yeah, it's a challenge like to get her out. I mean, and it in turn has caused some other issues, you know, with mobility and things, you know, not being as active, even though we try to do as much as we can, you know, there's only so much you can do in your home and just right outside and different things. So yeah, I mean, it, it definitely posed some unique challenges that we're figuring out, you know, doing things that Again, I love one thing I love so much about Dana is how little it takes to make her happy. I said throughout riding in the car, but honestly, she is as happy to get in the car and me to crack her, to roll her window down a little bit, let the air blow on her <laughs> as she is to go ride a ride at Disney World. I mean, I'm serious. Like it's, it's so sweet and funny at the same time, but at least she is happy and we can do some of those things that are simple right here. But yeah, it's a lot of car rides, a lot of swinging on the swing and different things like that. So it's been a unique challenge. So Jeannie, let me ask you this, you know, in regard, it goes right with this last question. How can we as moms be helpful to special needs moms. And I know that it's not enough to say, Hey, let me know if you need anything because there is probably a very, very small percentage of any moms that are going to take us up on that, Uh, especially a special needs mom, because of all of the different things that you've talked about having to juggle and being concerned about her safety and all of these things. But what are some tangible ways that our mom village who's listening that maybe do not have special needs children, what can we do to come alongside of our friends and help? Yeah, I love this question. And I love the willingness to hear some of these ideas because it is so important. You know, we as moms need so much, especially, well, I mean, all the time, but I'm thinking back, especially, you know, when you're, when you're sleep deprived, when you have little ones and you feel like, And we know now as our children are growing older that the days are long, but the years truly are short. But when you're in the thick of those younger days, especially you do, it's so easy to feel so alone and feel so overwhelmed. And we do need other, you know, godly mamas that are our friends that are kind of in the same boat with us that we can relate to. So I want to give you some like really easy things. But as I share that, my best friend and I, this was just a really cool part. And I know just an absolute God woven part into our story of having Dana. My best friend and I were pregnant at the same time. We actually, it was hilarious. We could not have ever planned this if we had tried, which by the way, we did not try to plan. <laughs> you won't believe how many sweet elder ladies at our church asked us that. We're like, no, ma'am, we did not plan to be pregnant at the same time. But anyway, um, we were James and Grady, together. get to it now. <laughs> it's hilarious. But we actually, even though we were pregnant together, who would have ever imagined we ended up having Dana and her daughter less than two hours apart on the same day in oh, the same wow. hospital and with the same doctor. It was, oh my. <laughs> it was hysterical. It was like an I Love Lucy episode. I'm not kidding. He would go run from her room to my, I mean, we wore the poor man out. He's a blessing. But when I got Dana's diagnosis, our husbands also worked together at church. So he knew before James came home and told me, and he literally, this big old six foot three man sat on James's office floor and just wept. I mean, they just wept together, but James needed him there at that time. And My sweet friend had a really hard time not knowing what to say and feeling so guilty for what we were going through and that her baby was healthy. And, you know, that was new to all of us. But that very first day, I remember us getting on the phone with each other and I was consoling her. Listen, please don't feel guilty for one second. I was so thankful that her baby girl was healthy and that, you know, I told her that day, listen, please don't feel that way. I just need you to be here and we're going to walk through this together. And that's exactly what we did. She could not have loved on us more and been more supportive. And that was one of my greatest blessings throughout that pregnancy. And after we're still 
the dearest of friends. And it's been the same with people ever since. Mamas with special needs kids really just want to be treated normal and included like everything else, even though our situation isn't exactly normal. You know, having us and our children around, it's going to bring some different experiences. It's going to be some different sights, some different sounds. But I am a wholehearted believer that that's good and healthy for all of us. That's good Mm -hmm. for our kids. That's good for all of us involved, it's good for other kids to be exposed and learn how to interact with kids who are different than they are. And it's good for kids who are different, like Dana, to be around those normal activities. Even if there's things that she may not be able to completely participate in, it's good for her. You know, like I said, she loves being in the middle of our craziness, no matter what we're doing. She likes being there. And so, so many things that they have to do, especially each child, are so different. So those more ordinary things are really needed. I remember when Dana, I will never forget this, when a sweet family from our church invited Dana to a birthday party. Now, of course, she had been to, you know, family members and things like that. But I sat there with that invitation and just sobbed my eyeballs out because that was the first time she had been invited to like a little friend's birthday party. And I took her to that. And I honestly, I don't know that she really cared a hell of beans about it, but it sure did bless her mama's heart and it blessed that sweet family. They were so excited that we came and that Dana was there because her little girls loved Dana from church. And it was just such a vivid reminder to me that that's how the body of Christ should function. And that's how we should love on each other. Jesus, man, you know, any of us that have read the Bible at all, we know that Jesus didn't just migrate and love on people who were like him. I mean, he is our perfect example. And if I'm ever tempted to migrate just to a certain circle, because, you know, we all feel more comfortable in certain settings. That's just, you know, we're humans. We do. We just feel more comfortable around certain things and certain people. But Dana is such a good reminder to me if I'm ever tempted to only migrate, you know, to one area. She has zero bias or prejudice towards anyone. We always joke, and this is so true, but we joke in our family that it would absolutely not matter if the president of the United States or the homeless man on the street both approached her at the same time. I can promise you, she would give both of them, each of them one foot and ask them to scratch them. She does not care. She would be like, hey, scratch my foot. And it wouldn't matter. It doesn't matter. She sees everyone the same and she teaches us so much about how we should live in love. So I just think one of the greatest things other moms can do is don't be afraid to have that special needs child and their mama around in your play groups and invite them to your birthday parties. Don't do it out of guilt. Like you feel like you need to, but if God lays it on your heart, involve them, let your children be exposed because we are all as adults, as we grow older, we're all going to be exposed to all different kinds of people. That doesn't need to be a shock to them when they, you know, come a certain age, let them, I have seen so many, one, this just popped into my head, a sweet mama that grew up in our church and now then became a mom herself. Her little boy was in the nursery with Dana. And she called me one day and she said, Miss Jeannie, because she knew me since I was a kid. I tried to tell her, don't call me that anymore. But Miss <laughs> Jeannie, you're not going to believe it. Carter and I was, were riding down the road and Carter, her little boy, was oohing and making all these different sounds. And she said, buddy, what are you doing? He said, I'm talking like Dana. <laughs> and it was just so sweet. Those kids loved Dana and they were just used to her. They were just used to her because they had been exposed. And so that's probably my greatest challenge. Just love on those mamas and include them, involve them in the things that you same things you go and do with your kids, even if it's going to be a little bit different. Wow, Jeannie, that is so good. Such great advice and such wisdom. So tell us, how do you respond to people, whether they're people that are close to you, family, or, and I'm sure strangers even, how do you respond to their questions and comments regarding Dana? 
I'm going to be really raw and honest here because, you know, we're all three, all four, three of y'all and me, we're all mamas. And we know mm-hmm. that that term mama bear is real, right? Yeah. <laughs> we are mama bears. So none of us want to hear anything or hear anyone say anything mean to us or about the people we love, especially. They can say it to me all day, but I'm like, you know, don't say it about my kids and my husband. But, you know, that's just part of that mama bear thing and that whatever that God's instilled in us as a mom, that protective nature. But we have always tried to be a really open book about Dana. And I have always, I can honestly say this, I have always welcomed questions about her. Questions do not bother me at all. In fact, I encourage it. I'm happy to answer them. I want people to learn. Curiosity is normal. And honestly, if I were walking down the mall by myself or walking somewhere and heard the sounds that Dana makes, you know, off to my side, I would turn to see what it was. There's nothing at all wrong with that. Curiosity is fine. On the other hand, though, there have been, you know, times when the human flesh in me has tried to rise up from my usually non-confrontational self when someone is smirking at her or making Mm -hmm. harsh comments. And I have to really pray through that and ask God to just temper me. And the neat thing is Dana's 21 years old. And I can honestly say that there are still mostly good people in the world. We hear so much about the bad people and the mean people. And the majority of those that we've encountered in her lifetime have been kind to her and about her. However... You know, our minds tend to want to focus sometimes on the few instances that aren't so positive or the maybe the few mean things that have been said or done. Those kind of can stick out sometimes. Again, James, this is something, this is an area that he, thank God for him, that he is much calmer than I am when things like that happen. Not that I've ever gotten into an altercation with anyone. Of course, I have not. But he tells me, I felt like it now. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. But he is really good at saying, honey calm down. Let's pray for them. Let's just let it go. It's not worth it. And he's right. So I do try to do that. I try to pray for the person who speaks unkindly or looks at us in a way that they shouldn't. And I just really try to assume that either they are just uncomfortable in the situation, don't know how to act, or sometimes they may be just clueless. And having said that, though, there are some unkind people out there that I wish would just give our kids a chance to find out the wonderful things about them. In the end, I just remember, even if I'm hurt, that there are They are the ones in the end that are missing out and God can change their heart. I can't. We are the ones that are reaping those huge blessings of her beautiful differences and things that make her Dana. We don't want her any other way. That is Dana. That's who makes her her. But again, I try to just chalk it up to what it is. Sometimes people just don't know. Sometimes people just don't have good sense to, you know, keep things to themselves. And when you mention family, there are even family and friends that are 100% well-meaning, but at times have thought that they have all the answers and advice of how to deal with things Mm -hmm. with her. And don't get me wrong, I am very much so teachable. I want to learn everything to be the best I can be. But it's also been a good reminder to me that I should never act like the expert to Mm -hmm. someone that is walking in shoes that I've never walked in. That's why I encourage moms that get this diagnosis early on when we spoke to reach out to those parents that have walked this journey. I certainly appreciate, you know, wisdom from anyone that I can use, but it is so much more helpful to me. And I tell people that are a little bit behind us in this journey, we are certainly no experts, but simply because we have walked it a little longer and had certain experiences, I am more than happy to help you if you have those questions and if you want any help with that. So people are well-meaning most of the time, but it's just, you know, we have to remember that when they're not, God will deal with them. And we are the ones greatly blessed by Dana. Jeannie, we talked in our first episode about your hero, James, your husband, and how he has come alongside of 
you and y'all have really parented both Emily and Dana together as a team. And then we've talked about, you know, what your village can do to help come alongside of you, extended family, friends. But tell me specifically about the role that the church has played in the life of Emily and Dana and in your family concerning her. And be honest, because you you were here at family church for a little while and you were honest about that. And we, you know, honestly, we we're not great at it. We're not great at ministering to special needs families here. And, you know, we're close enough friends that we can talk about that. And, you know, you were honest, but tell me maybe positive and negative things about about it. And y'all are great. We were blessed to be there. So blessed. But yeah, this is a big topic for me and something I'm really passionate about. For us, obviously, the church has played a major role in our lives. You know, Dana's life, Emily's life, our lives as a whole family. Being the pastor's family, we know that we were extended so many wonderful things that maybe you wouldn't be just as a, you know, someone attending a church, not because we were loved more necessarily, but we were just there. They knew our family. They knew before I ever had Dana, you know, what we were expecting and so forth. So whatever needed to be done for Dana was eagerly done. And we were at a church you know, more than anyone else as the preacher's family, you know, we were there for every special event pretty much, you know, so we were there a lot. And so our needs were being met there. And even as her needs changed, they continued to be met. So we were just crazy blessed, of course, but we were blessed that even before we came onto the scene there at Trinity, that our church saw the need to minister to people with special needs. There were several regular attenders when we went there. One was a, actually a, a young well, I say young man because he's the same age as me. I guess we're not very young anymore. He was a young man then, but that had Down syndrome. They were very involved. And a little tidbit that I didn't share before, I have always, and God is just so good in this, I have always been so drawn to people with special needs. My cousin even reminded me that as a high schooler, and I honestly didn't remember this until she brought this conversation up to me, that as a high schooler, not having any clue what my future looked like, that I told her one day that I just prayed that God would give me a child with Down syndrome or with special needs. I just have always loved that population. So God heard my prayers and he sure did. But I was always drawn to those people. So I noticed that immediately when we went to Trinity that they already were making special provisions for him to be involved. And there were a couple of others. And in our 24 years there, though, the special needs ministry really grew. And maybe a lot of that was because Dana was there so much. And I was so passionate about that. But there were so many other parents with special needs kids that didn't go to church before because there was not really a place for their kids to be taken care of and taught about Jesus while they went to worship. And of course, We were blessed to not have to face that. But when Dana was 18 and God moved us, even before we came to family church, as we were for the first time in a zillion years, it was awkward situation altogether because we were visiting churches, which we hadn't had to do in years and just kind of feeling out different places. And it was the first time in her 18 years that I experienced firsthand what those parents were talking about. We visited different churches. We saw how void many of them were of this type of ministry and If my husband was traveling and I didn't have help that week, for instance, there was really no reason for me to take Dana to church because she couldn't sit in the main service. So I would just end up outside walking with her. I wouldn't hear any of it either. So it made more sense to watch it from home. And it really broke my heart knowing how many families faced that for years and years with their kids. Just a few weeks ago, and it was cool because I knew that I was going to be doing this. And my husband sent me an article that Lifeway had just put out about this. They did a study on the welcoming attitudes of churches towards people with disabilities. And in this survey, 
99% of pastors surveyed and even 97, excuse me, percent of churchgoers said that someone with a disability would feel welcomed and included at their church. So those, hey, those were great statistics. But sadly, as they did more research, there was a huge gap between those beliefs and what special needs families actually experience. You know, we can say one thing and really mean it from our hearts and really feel that. But as far as it, you know, the rubber really meaning the road, parents were saying that was not what they experienced. So the author that wrote this article, she was a pastor's wife herself, and she said that in the last 20 years that her husband had pastored churches all throughout the Southeast, she was sure that if any of their pastoral staff would have been asked those questions, they would have agreed. They would have agreed that, you know, yes, our church would be welcoming. But it wasn't until several years ago when this pastor's wife and her husband, their own son was diagnosed with autism, that they looked around their church and they realized that that population of family just wasn't there. Even though they thought they would be welcoming to them, they just were not there. So at that point, they had to figure out why and make some changes. She said, and this was a quote from her, we realized it wasn't as simple as putting a ramp at the door, front door and considering ourselves welcoming. While a ramp Mm. is a positive step, more practical steps were needed toward inclusion and accessibility. And ladies, that takes people, that takes resources. Mm. Do you know that special needs families are actually, and I've heard this for a long time, considered an unreached people group. We hear about unreached people groups and we think of people over in, you know, the jungles of Africa or, you know, even in our country, you know, but unreached people groups, I would have never thought to lump special needs families into that, but they are because so few of them attend church. So as a parent, I can tell you that churches, even showing that effort, you know, Kristen, you talked about, yeah, y'all may not have had a ton of things in place, but as soon as we express that need to you guys, things started happening to make it as good as it possibly could be. You know, it takes time to develop those things, but, you know, some automatic instant things were put into place so that I could at least come and be there. And just seeing that effort speaks volumes. That speaks volumes to that mama that never gets to be away from her child and especially not to sit in a worship service and be fed herself. So, we have personally been so blessed, but we know that so many families like ours have not experienced that love of a church family because they don't feel like there's a place for them. So it can be a really, really positive thing, but it can be a really hard thing. One thing that I think is super cool that my best friends that I talked about earlier that they do at their church and actually the church down here that my daughter is really involved in that they do, they provide at their college ministry up at their church provides respite like parents stay out once a month from like nine to one o'clock. It's not a, a long period of time, but when they have that, they have nurses there to help take care of those kids. My daughter is an occupational therapist. She serves at hers every month so that when those mamas and daddies bring their kids there, they know that they're not only being loved on, but they are medically safe and they can go spend a few hours. You know, one of them was for Christmas shopping to go oh. spend, Hey, they may want to go sit in their car and take a nap. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't on that at all, but just whatever they need to get away for a few hours. That is one tangible way those churches are loving on those parents. They're loving on their kids, but in turn, that is huge that they are loving on those parents. So I think that's a really cool practical tool that churches could implement that doesn't take up something weekly if they can't do that right away. But once a month, we can all do something once a month for four hours. So I just thought that was something I would throw out there. It's just a really cool way to love on those families. No, we're all about practical here. And so that is something that we, you know, all of us can think about implementing. And I appreciate that. And also, Mm -hmm. I do remember real quick when you came and you said you were so touched by Pastor George Estranel is our kids minister Uh. here at our downtown campus at Family Church. And you said 
that he did the most beautiful thing because he acknowledged Dana. So like there's a, we have a children's church, you know, like a kid's church. And he had all the kids turn around and look at her and talked about the sounds that she was going to make. Do you remember that? And you said, Oh my word. It was one of the sweetest days. He asked me ahead of time, would you care? Cause that's kind of where we took Dana. Cause developmentally, that's where she fits in best. She loves music and this and that. And so we would take her to the, my friend that was helping us. She would take Dana. We would trade off services. She would go to early service so she could have worship time. And then I would bring Dana or James and I, if he was in town and we would trade off and Alyssa would take Dana to children's church and he asked would it be okay if we brought Dana up front that day and and we introduced her because obviously the kids were going to hear her they were going to see her and we took her up that day and he let them he said would you mind if they ask questions and they were so precious children are just so pure and honest and they asked some of the cutest sweetest questions and Dana just smiled because she knew she was being so attention and <laughs> she oohed and odd and you know waved and but yes it was precious and Pastor George that was really him thinking outside of the norm for what they did every week and just having that heart to want to include Dana and to make us feel apart. And those sweet kids, you know, Kristen, I'm not just saying this because you're on here, but your sweet angel daughter, she was one of the ones that, I mean, she beelined it to Dana every week and they would file out at the end of children's church each week with music playing and their teachers would kind of line up and, you know, give them high five or hit their hands. Well, Dana just thought she was part of that assembly line because <laughs> they would just walk by her and, you know, if, if she acknowledged them at the time, she's sassy, yeah. but they would <laughs> give her a five, you know, and it was just sure. precious. And that was just something small, but it was really not small. It was huge. It was huge for those kids. I think just as huge as it was for Dana and for us. So yeah, that was a great way that they, you know, incorporated what they weren't used to into their normal. Mm. And it was great. Jeannie, I love how you have shared all this experience and ideas like that at least encouraged me, you know, and we're all pastor's wives here. So we're taking notes. We're so encouraged. Like we're ready to incorporate all these families because they're part of our kingdom and they're part of our village. And we, yeah. as the mom village, we want to wrap arms around these moms and just let them know, Hey, you're not by yourself. We're not perfect, but we hear you and we want to do something about it. And I love that you're sharing all this wisdom and these ideas because I know there's moms out there that they want to have that time of worship and they want to have that time of community and they need it. You know, yeah. it's just, we need to facilitate as a family church, you know, and provide and just wrap, you know, arms around people like you that have walked this journey and they can give us more wisdom and how to navigate this. But talking about this and how, I mean, we're talking about so many things, but tell us how has been being a special needs mom bless you and strengthen your faith. You share a little bit, but tell us yeah. how has changed Jeannie, like the mom and the person that you are, you share a little bit when you were young, you said, Oh, I wish the Lord will bless me one day to be a mom of a special needs kid. But from saying it to being a mom, how has this blessed your life and strengthened your faith? Yeah, man, it has changed who we are in every single possible way. Some of those ways are hard. I'm not trying to, for one minute, paint the picture that every day is, you know, all roses and candy canes. It's not. But we know that being a parent can only be successfully accomplished by complete reliance on the Lord. Jeannie in her own strength cannot do it. It is a sheer walk of faith and obedience to God's word. And that book, that Bible, God's word, that is our guidebook. That is our manual. There's a lot of other great resources out there that can, you know, partner up with that and go along to help us on that journey. But man, it comes straight from God's word. When you have a child with extra needs, I feel like that faith, at least for me, 
that faith and reliance kind of went to a whole new level. There are so many unknowns. There are so many curveballs that can come at any given time. And like I said before, it's easy for me to be worrisome at times. One of the scriptures, man, I loved the scripture before, but man, it it is tattered in my Bible, especially in the last 21 years. But in Philippians 4, 6 through 8, where it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, present your request to God. I have to cry out to God and present those requests to him on the daily, more than one time a day. But then it goes on to say, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And I love that so much because he has to guard my worrisome heart and mind. He really does. I can get ahead of myself, especially when you have a child that's helpless apart from you, that every single thing of her, part of her being and surviving depends on me taking care of her. And I mean, obviously she's God's, but you know what I mean here on earth her needs and reliances on us. But I love the next verse too. Somebody, I went through, I did a Bible study once that we kind of tore apart this next verse, verse eight, where it says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable to think on these things. And I have, I have to train my mind and I still go back to this. You know, I don't know about y'all, but I'm an extremely slow learner when it comes to, you know, I know what I know in my heart, my mind, but I have to remind myself of these truths and, One of the things in that verse that I go back to is whatever things are true, think Mm -hmm. on these things. My mind can tend to run away with things that could be or the what ifs or, you know, we're going to have Dana our whole life. What about when we get old? What if we can't take care of her? And those are real things that we do have to plan, you know, to a certain level. We have Mm -hmm. to make provisions and plans for it to be smart like God wants us to be. But at the same time, I have to trust him. I have to focus on what's true and those things that I know to be true and what I know is that he is in control, that he loves us. I've had to learn about and become an expert medically, I feel like, on a lot of things in Dana's 21 years. That has strengthened my faith. I couldn't do that without him. I'm not a medically trained nurse or doctor, but I am Dr. Mom with her. Let me tell you, her, her pediatrician <laughs> always teased me. He used to say, they didn't teach us Dana 101 in med school. You know, she does things her own way ever since she was little. And I don't just mean her personality. I mean, medically, things happen differently than, you know, what you would think developmentally they do. I'm not humanly capable of those things, yet God has carried me through each of those challenges. And because of that, and because of his faithfulness that I can look back in my past and see, I know that he's not going to fail me now. He's going to continue to be faithful in the future. The blessings of being a special needs mama, I mean, they're just too many to count. Dana has taught us so much about so many things. I would never have imagined having a child. You know, we relish those first words, those different things that we just can't wait for our babies to do. I never would have imagined that I would never hear her say, I love you or to call me mama. Yet she shows me all those things. She shows me that love in ways I can't explain. And I have to insert this here because this, oh my word, this is just one of those moments I will never in my whole life forget. A few weeks ago, we were in the den and several of my family members were there and Dana understands everything. She can mouth words to songs as we do them, but she just can't say them, which is just part of the, one of those weird things with autism that we don't understand how the brain all works. But she was sitting there and every now and then it's kind of ironic. Every once in a while, if a word does come out, it's normally no, but you know, you <laughs> I'll take it. As but the other night we were sitting there and I was sitting on the side of the chair with her scratching her leg. She loves to be, she's, she's a princess. She was being scratched. And 
she sat straight up and looked at me and said, mommy. And when I tell you that we all about lost our minds, I started bawling. I'm glad people were there to witness it or they would have thought I made it up. My mom started crying. James couldn't believe it. You know, but it was one, she may never say that again. I don't know, but it was just one of those sweet glimpses Mm. into things that we take for granted. Man, our other kids say mama so much. We want to change our name sometimes, you know, (laughs) but but Dana shows, God allows her to show love in ways I can't explain. God's love shows through her so loud and so clear. She teaches us so much about unconditional love, just that purest kind of love. Another blessing, and I did share this briefly before, is that because of her life, we have gained some of the dearest people in our lives. She has had some of the most fantastic people come into her world and their lives have been forever changed because they've known her, but ours have equally been forever changed because of them. I love, love, love the name of y'all's podcast, The Mom Village, and it truly does take a village to raise and care for a special soul like Dana. And I know I'm biased, but I think our village is like none other. And we are so grateful for those who are called <laughs> to is. love on us it and is. to love on our special kids. So just so blessed. You know, the blessings go on and on. And I don't have time to share all of them with you, but that's some of our greatest blessings with her. Jeannie, you know, one of the biggest myths in the Christian life is that God doesn't give us more than we can handle. Oh, and I hate that saying. You're yeah, absolutely right. It's a, You've helped us debunk that myth today yes. because mm. he gives me way more than I can handle. <laughs> yeah, he gives all of us more than we can handle. And that's kind of the point, right, is that yeah. we cannot live this life no matter what God throws at us, whether it's death in our family or, you know, learning disabilities or a wayward yeah. child or a special needs child that he absolutely gives us more than we can handle because it's not about us, but it's yes. about how we go to him. And then when we do that, he strengthens us. And man, you have strengthened the three of us today. Oh, yes. And I know you've strengthened the listeners because you lean on Jesus to sustain you, to give you wisdom and to live a life of joy in the midst of things that are hard. And so, man, you are a gift to us three and you're a gift to our whole mom village. We love you. Thank, thank you, you for sharing a glimpse of the people's life. And thank you so much for being with us today and just for being our friend. We love you. Uh, it has been my way. You want to sign off with us today? <laughs> All right. Yes, Ready? I love it. Ready, ladies? One, two, two three. three. Bye. Bye. Bye.